0: I believe there are some magical healing powers that can happen for all of us through sharing our stories, and I'll take all the help I can get. Hi, everybody. So, the day this episode's going to be coming out just happens to be Thanksgiving Day. I just wanted to give a quick thanks from me to you the listeners, my friends, my family, everyone who supported me, everyone who has agreed to have a recording session with me so far. Thank you so much for being a part of this. I just feel so lucky to have the opportunity to work on this podcast. So thank you for sharing it. Thank you for all of the sweet messages that you've sent me. It really means a lot. And I'm so excited. Thanksgiving this year, we're going to be in Salt Lake City with a big chunk of my family. I can't wait. Every time Ford is around so many cousins, he comes home with something new. And I just, I can't wait to, I just can't wait to see how much these kids inspire him this time. I'm really excited about my next interview. I'm talking to Superman himself in the next episode, Ford's dad, my husband, Casey. I just wanted to share a little peek into his experience as a dad raising a rare kiddo. I hope you enjoy it. So here we go hello sweetie
1: hello darling how are you I'm doing great
0: I'm so excited to talk to you
1: I know I've been waiting for this
0: (laughs) okay so today we're gonna talk about your perspective about being Ford's dad and where you come from I don't think we hear a lot from the male perspective whether it's a dad or a caregiver and i think that a lot of us moms kind of yearn for that a little bit because we kind of feel like we're always the ones who's sort of dealing with everything and feeling everything and that might just be me but i know i've definitely read that here and there on the facebook groups so i'm just really excited to talk to you my husband and the best dad ever
1: (laughs) well i'm i'm extremely happy to um to be here and to be talking Uh, to you on this podcast and I'm so proud of everything you're doing and I just love you the most and I love our little boy and our little girl and um, they make it fun being a dad
0: what's your favorite part about being a dad
1: oh gosh Um, tickles maybe tickling (laughs) them (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, it is hours of fun. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, just their smiles. Um, every time you do something and you can see the joy in their in their eyes and uh, how happy you've made them, that is the best feeling in the world.
0: I totally agree. So I'm just sort of going to, let's give a little rundown about CTNNB1 syndrome. Yeah. I haven't really done that yet. So CTNNB1 syndrome, the gene that's responsible for it all... Mm -hmm. Is the one that produces uh, a protein called beta-catenin, which is involved in everything, like cell reproduction, cell adhesion, all of those things. And it can affect everything, but for Ford especially, it affects cognitive ability, motor, speech. His skin is very sensitive and really pale he has a lack of pigment he has white hair not a lot of hair follicles which is a weird thing Mm -hmm. Uh, microcephaly low muscle tone and also something called dystonia which is stiffness if you will in the limbs he's got a full package of how physically affected he is by CT and NB1.
1: Yeah, and his eyesight is also uh, pretty bad. You know, the way that a lot of that stuff manifests is not necessarily what you would think. Probably, I know, one of our biggest challenges has been just getting him to eat. And then when he does eat, boy, good chance it's coming back up. So that's been a struggle.
0: Even the swallowing, the muscle tone affects his swallow. Right.
1: Right. Right. Yes. And, and then I don't know what piece of it is causing him to have such bad heartburn and and to have problems with throwing up, but that's been a big piece of, of working with Ford.
0: We don't know too much about it still since it was discovered in like 2012 and there aren't a lot of kids that are very old, so we don't necessarily know the future, but I do feel extremely lucky that so far most of the kids don't have anything Detrimental happening to their
1: health. Yeah, every once in a while, we'll see somebody who takes a step back online. They talk about, um, you know, just the other day, I saw one of our our kiddos from one of the, the parents with CTN and B1 or where their kid has CTN and B1 where where they started getting a lot more pain around teenage years. And I've seen that a couple of times, but I don't know, you know, you know, my kind of theory on it, which is don't buy trouble. We'll handle it when it comes up, work the problem when we know what's actually going to happen.
0: Yes, which I think is a kind of a difference in the way you and I <laughs> sort of handle Ford's health. Right. And really, I mean, I think that's a good thing that both of us aren't stressors. Yeah. That can also be stressful, I know, to me when I feel burdened sure. by so many things and you seem like you're kind of just skating along and you're not too worried about things <laughs> Sorry, i don't know if that's <laughs> i don't know if that's common for dads or male caregivers that you mm. don't seem to worry as much as us but i know that can be frustrating
1: i think it's just a difference in the way that we process stress and deal with the issues you know the stress is still there it's all it's all stuff that of course it's my little boy i freak out about it inside but i, I just kind of deal with it differently and I think that it's good for both of us to have that different perspective so that, hey, you know, if I'm if I'm kind of burying my head in the sand a little bit too much about something, you bring me back. And when when you're worrying about something, it's really causing you trouble. Sometimes, hopefully, I can do the same a little bit and bring you back down and say, you know, this isn't actually a problem yet. And hopefully it won't be one.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then again, the, the few times I have seen you actually stressed out, it stressed me out even more because I was like oh my gosh both of us can't feel like this <laughs> <laughs> but anyways why don't we just go to the beginning Casey yeah um, when Ford was four months old and he was admitted into the hospital for failure to thrive how did you feel when I first told you about that doctor's appointment I went to when they told me Ford had microcephaly uh...
1: and
0: she told me she told me Ford was going to be severely mentally retarded and that he was going to have a shortened lifespan. And I came home from that appointment oh, in God. shock. How did you feel? I mean, what happened to you after that moment?
1: Well, there were a lot of different things going on uh, with that. Um, I, I mean, I think uh, there was definitely a piece of it where I, I was in denial to a degree, where I was going, well, I don't care what this doctor said. Um, she's wrong. She's wrong. She doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. And that's not, that's not what's going to happen with our boy. And then I was also livid with the way that she had presented it to you. I I was just extremely angry because she had said it to you so bluntly and with so little information, and that's not the way that you should ever talk to anybody, much less a parent in that sort of situation. So, So I was pretty frustrated and I was, I think I wasn't as scared at that point because I wasn't allowing myself to really believe, hey, this is it, she's right. Our little boy is going to have some serious issues moving forward. That's kind of how I processed it. You know, do you want me to go into to the context about what was going on for me as well when uh, when you first told me and all of that, or, or where would you like me to go here?
0: Uh, no, I think I think you answered my question. So. When you were told about Ford and when you realized that, yes, something is in fact was going on and we saw a geneticist and they did a blood draw for a whole exome sequencing test. And we got his, his diagnosis of CT and one a few months after that, well, actually a year later. Ford was, Ford was like 16 months old when we got his diagnosis. Right.
1: And by that point, it was clear something was going on. We'd, we didn't know necessarily what it was, but something was happening.
0: Sure. We realized Ford wasn't hitting any milestones at that yeah. point. Oh yeah. He had a G tube surgery. Yep. We were definitely doing our best and trying to keep our wits about us. We were very busy. Yeah. Ford had and Ford had like I mean, I took him to one or two appointments like five days a week. Yeah. For a very long time. Until I just decided that I didn't have the bandwidth to do that and I cut that down significantly. But yeah. I kinda wanna know about as a dad, how you felt alongside your buddies who have kids?
1: Um, you know, that's a little bit tough. A few of us have young kids in my work group. I was working in district court at the time that we were, uh, we were waiting on Ford when you were pregnant. And there were three attorneys in that group and one supervisor, and we were all waiting for kids. everybody in the entire unit was waiting for little kids and they all had their their little babies before us um, and we were all kind of watching them grow together (sighs) and then the same thing with some of my my good friends outside of work they also had kids around the same time and it was difficult relating to them Uh, it was difficult talking to them because i think that there is a real feeling and i'm sure this is this is across Uh, everybody but at least for me and I think for a lot of guys there's a feeling like you shouldn't complain and like you you shouldn't put your worries on other people and so often I I just wouldn't tell my friends you know uh, uh, about all of the things that we were were going on with Ford about how we would come home I would come home after after work after being in trial all day and as soon as I walked in the door the poor kid was was crying for hours until he would go to sleep. And we didn't realize it at the time, but it was because, you know, he was starving because he couldn't get enough food down about how, you know, how he would throw up, about missing the milestones. I just didn't talk about it with them. And I would use my relationships with them as a way to kind of uh, take a step back and interact with something else and do something else. So I don't know if it was the healthiest way. Uh, to deal with it Uh, it internalized a lot of stuff put put a lot more stuff inside until I could kind of process it until I could figure it out on my own but once I kind of did you know I came to peace with it pretty quick so I kind of used my relationships separate from this but it was tough to see it was really tough to see still is
0: so why haven't you or have you sought out any sort of friendship groups with guys who do have kids like Ford do you think that that would be helpful for you? Do you feel like that's something you do or don't need?
1: You know, I don't know if it would necessarily be what I would need. I think, for me, Ford is Ford, and if I were to develop a relationship with somebody, a friendship that had a a similar condition, and I was genuinely just friends with them because of who they were, I think that would be great. But I'm still, even now, now that I'm comfortable with everything now going on, now that um, you know, it's it's just part of life, dealing with Ford's condition and all of that, it's still not something that I would necessarily talk to my friends about. It might be one of those things where if I did have a friend that was going through something like this, I think it could bring us a lot closer. And maybe that'll happen for me someday. But right now, what's super important for me is is family, is obviously my sweet darling who is there for me every day and always makes me laugh and thank god for my mom she Mm, is amen to
0: that all of (laughs) all of our parents
1: yes yes they are so wonderful i mean yeah you know and obviously my dad and and, uh stepmom and and they're wonderful as well and i love them and my relationship with my brother is also uh extremely important for me um just because it is it's that way that i can kind of connect and just be me (laughs) <laughs> again so i mean they've all they've all filled this role in my life and just being healthy and that's enough for me now i i also think it's maybe important to point out they were all amazing uh, my, my family was all amazing um, and your family as well god they're what a fantastic family especially for for how many siblings you have we're all tremendous people and people that we have these wonderful relationships with. And the reality is, is that not everybody's going to have that pre-existing family base. And so the fact that I'm able to tap into that is just something that I was lucky. I was, I was lucky to be able to do that. Um, And I think for a lot of people that don't necessarily have that, that do connect more through friends, I think that they are maybe going to rely more on, on dads that have this sort of Uh, the same sort of issue.
0: Yes, I mean, we are so lucky, and we definitely don't take that for granted.
1: Oh, no. (laughs) No.
0: So what about things that you thought you would maybe be doing with Ford by now? Do you mourn those things still as much as I do?
1: Yes, every day. Esme, our, our sweet little girl, is so amazing, but every time I get to pick her up and do something with her, that I always wanted to do with Ford or that I tried to do with Ford and we couldn't do it. Uh, there's always a little bit of that there. It always hurts. It does. Um, it's,
0: it's definitely a joyous event and it's yeah. so cool because it's the first time we've seen it, but it breaks it breaks my heart a little.
1: Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I picked Esme up and I started flying her around the, the uh, condo like uh, an airplane and... She was giggling and laughing and, and having so much fun. And I remember when Ford was a little older than she is now, I think, I tried to do the same with him. Um, and I just thought we were going to have some fun. And he just he just wasn't there and he couldn't really enjoy it and didn't really understand. And I, it was, that was one of those times when it, it sunk into me that maybe I'm not going to get to do all of the things that I, um, that I thought I was going to get to. So when I did that with Ez, it was cathartic in a way. It was so much fun, but it also hurts.
0: Yeah, I think I said to you once before that it's it's really weird to me how we can grieve things about Ford that we've never had. Right. <laughs> like, even just who he is in the future. It's not something that we ever had already. So it's just, it's weird that you can grieve things that never existed in the first place.
1: Yeah, my my favorite little metaphor, allegory, I don't know. I'm sorry, mom. I don't know. <laughs> um, my favorite little story about how to handle this, this sort of thing. And that's helped me adapt how I view this whole thing. It's actually one that you told me about, darling. It's, it's that story about how, um, you know, you may spend your whole life planning to go on this beautiful trip to Ireland. And you're, you're thinking about the castles and the whiskey tastings, and you've got all of this stuff planned out for Ireland. And you get off the plane and it turns out you're in Finland. (laughs) And all of those things that you were planning on doing, you don't get to do anymore. And if you spend your time focusing on the fact that you're not doing all of those things you planned on doing, then you're not going to actually pay attention to your surroundings and the beauty around you. You may be missing out on Ireland, but man, Finland is pretty beautiful too. (laughs) And, And you should really just take a step back and accept where you are in life, and even though you don't get to do those things you were planning on, enjoy where you're at, and and recognize that it has its own particular beauty.
0: Yes, you're referring to that poem about uh, called "Welcome to Holland."
1: Holland, Finland, Holland. <laughs> yes,
0: and I think I think while that while that poem does have the most beautiful message, I think it can also dismiss. Sure. The, I mean, the grief in it is real. The sadness is real. Yes, you should appreciate what you have and where you're going and all of that. So that's wonderful. But also, it is okay if you don't like Holland for a while, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's cold there. <laughs> what the hell? I didn't pack a coat. <laughs> you're really good at it. And one of my favorite things about you with Ford is... You don't talk to Ford, treat Ford, talk about Ford in any other way other than if if Ford had nothing going on. If Ford was the most typical thriving child on the planet, you treat him like he is that now. Sure. And he is those things. But it's just, it's really beautiful to see even just how you're like disciplining Ford. And I'm just <laughs> like, okay, yeah, go for it, Casey. But you never, you you never waver on talking to Ford like he's everyone else. And I just think that's really cool. You becoming a dad of someone like Ford has blown my mind.
1: Yeah, blown mine too.
0: You really you really nailed it, babe.
1: Well, thank you, sweetie. I love that little boy. <laughs> he is, you know, that's the thing about Ford is uh, he has such a good attitude and he tries so hard at everything that he does. I think it would be doing him and us a disservice to try and treat him like he is somehow less than because he's different. I look at Ford and I know he understands me. He gets that little mischievous grin in his eyes and I know he knows exactly what he's doing. You know, if I treat him like he is that, like he's less than, like my expectations of him are less than, then that's what he's gonna live up to. Uh, and I believe that he will, uh, he will reach some some goals and some plateaus um, and just some heights that, that I think that we're, maybe that the doctors don't tell us that he's going to. And you know there are other things he's not going to reach, and that's okay. Uh, he's going to reach what he's going to reach, but I'm sure as hell can give him the the best opportunity to do that that I can. And I think that is a little bit about setting expectations for him.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. So I know with me, I know our families and our friends especially are always um, asking what I need at me, Effie. Like, how can we help Effie? How can we support Effie? How can we make Effie feel better? (laughs) And I don't know if that makes you jealous because I definitely score a lot of the time. (laughs) But like, what do you need? What, what What does the other parent need who is maybe working more outside of the home and not going to as many appointments, but coming home and managing that aside from working more than the person at home, working more than the caregiver that is with the child more. How how do you deal with any sort of burnout from both of those worlds or even just being Ford's dad in general? Yeah. Is there stuff that you need that you ask for or that you're not asking for?
1: There are a few things. I think one of the really big ones, you're just going to love this, is... Um, Take care of my sweet wife. You said that I'm the partner that's working more. I think we both know that's not really true. Every day that you stay here with the kids, I know you're working your butt off and I know what a hard job it is. But I also know what you mean, that I'm gone, that I'm at a traditional job and it's it's definitely a stressful job. It's a job that I love. I'm a trial attorney and that that comes with <laughs> some pretty heavy stress sometimes and and I do have to deal with that sometimes. So every Saturday, you know, I'm here with the kids while you're while you're at your your job, uh while you're uh, being a hairstylist and and we call it dadder day. Uh, I love dadder day. And really I I take I take dadder day as uh as a little bit of a time for me to to recharge. Often we just sit here and we have a couch potato day. I'll just play with the kiddos, you know, around the house and Yes, board the watch. house
0: situation definitely reflects the couch potato day
1: I don't know what you're talking about sweetie <laughs> um it's it's pristine and clean in here and, <laughs> and and not a smudge on the carpet no i I take that opportunity and I do that because I need that that's what I need to recharge is I need just that day when I can just kind of you know I can cook a nice dinner or I can do whatever it is that I want to do uh, around the house and then sometimes there are, uh, every once in a while, I, I, I truly kind of get a little bit burned out, and usually what I need is one or two days or nights when I can come home and I can uh, sit down and read my book or sit down and play a game um, and not focus on all of the all of the things that we have to do on a day-to-day basis because it is really kind of a a no-break situation. Get home from work, cook dinner, put the kids to sleep, and then usually we get maybe half an hour to an hour after the kids are finally asleep and not this is every parent yeah. yes yes every parent. that is that is absolutely true but then ford will throw will wake up and you know throw up all over his his covers
0: <laughs> I told everybody about the vomit several times but i just like to reiterate it because it happens several times a day
1: yeah it's well thank thank goodness not right now uh we're we're in a good little period right now but it's been a consistent issue and man that'll just wear your nerves down <laughs> yeah so, so that's how I do it, really, is every once in a while I need a day or two to myself or, an, or a night or two uh, and just focus on my stuff. I need my, my sweet wife uh, to be able to uh, to be you, you know, so that's why I, I wasn't joking. I really do taking when people take care of you, they're taking care of me as well in a very real way. Those types of things, just taking a minute for yourself and taking care of those around you. There we go. That's a nice way to sum it up. <laughs>
0: So, Casey, how do you think having uh, a kid like Ford has changed the way perhaps that you parent your second child, Ezzie, who's typically developing? Do you think you do anything differently now because of Ford?
1: That is a fantastic question and nothing that I've ever really thought about. I think the biggest thing that has probably changed for me as a parent, you know, with, with a kid like Ford as our first child, man, that kid has taught me to love more and be more accepting and really just open up my heart in in ways that I really never really understood before and I think anytime that you have someone that comes into your life and and reteaches you how to love uh, that's going to make you a better parent and I sure I sure don't take uh, a single thing for granted. Uh, that we do with, with Azzy, It's also taught me a heck of a lot of patience. <laughs> um, I think that's a big thing. So just not taking things for granted and, and being a little bit more patient probably.
0: Definitely. Yeah. I was going to ask you how that sort of would change you as a man too, but you kind of answered that altogether.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank I, you. I think so. Yeah.
0: So what are your goals for your kids and our family? What do you think are going to be some of our biggest hurdles and our biggest, like, triumphs?
1: Um, I'll, I guess I'll start with some of the hurdles um, just cause, to get them out of the way. The long run, the long game is is always going to be difficult with a kiddo like Ford. I think one of the big things that hopefully we don't experience, but I think would be very difficult, is if we do end up getting a setback on him. if he If his pain gets worse when he hits puberty or anything like that. I think that sort of thing where we've struggled so hard for so long to get him to where he is and then he moves backwards in a significant way, that scares me a little bit. You know you can't do anything about it all you can do is do what you're do what you're doing and do the best that you can and deal with things when they come but man that's going to be tough if it does come the things that i that i look forward to that we're going to do is just seeing ford hit some of those those mile markers that that we're just waiting for and that i believe he's going to hit uh the first time he picks up a book and can read it i think I really believe that he is going to eventually be able to read. He's doing so amazing with his alphabet right now. And I think that's such a huge deal for him. If he's able to enjoy that world where he's able to go into books, that would be amazing. If we can get him as mobile as possible, whether that's walking or whether that's in his wheelchair, I want him to be in control and in control in a consistent fashion. That'll be the big one for him. Those big markers and, and whatever else we get and just getting to know him, that's all going to be gravy, and i, I it's just going to be wonderful, and I, I look forward to it so much. With Ezzie, you know, Ezzie's so young right now, it's tough to know what she is going to do, what she's going to, how she's going to grow. Just the other day, you know, her first her first word was book. She used sign language and said book to us and gets so excited when when I tell, when I say book, you want a book? What a great first word, first of all, and the fact that it is. Uh, that it's in sign language is also meaningful to me. So it's going to be fun watching her develop and just, you know, all the normal things. We were talking today, you know, what's she going to want to do? Is she going to want to do instruments? Uh, you know, she was using uh, a maraca and, um, and I think a toothpaste container or something as, as a drum <laughs> the other day. Um, and is that something she's going to want to do? Is she going to want to do music? Is she going to be, want to go into sports? Um, whatever it is she wants to do, I'm looking forward to supporting. But I also think that she's going to have a benefit in a real way that a lot of other people won't necessarily have because she's going to get to see or she's going to get to learn early on how to love in this sort of this different way than I think a lot of people get to and be appreciative of what she has because Ford is going to give that for to her. Got to she's going to be fun. She's going to be fun for us to watch.
0: I do think that is probably going to be one of the biggest gifts that as gets Mm -hmm. from Ford growing up alongside him is learning, loving bigger. Yes. But I do think that it's going to become a challenge here and there. And we're definitely going to have to seek out some help from other siblings and parents who have older kids of how to make sure that we give Ezzie that special time, Mm -hmm. too,
1: since we do focus on Ford so much. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that's okay i'm you know i think we've done a pretty good job of that so far we obviously we have to focus on ford and we do focus on ford because of his situation um but we also spend time sitting on the couch and holding ezzy and and reading her a book tickling her and spending that time on her that's actually been something that i've been uh pretty proud of us for for doing so far uh, is showing both of our kids love together and individually so i think we'll be able to keep it up
0: so casey is there something that you want other dads or other male caregivers to know about being on this journey is there anything that you've learned that you feel like you could pass on or that you're working on yourself that maybe others can relate to
1: boy uh it, it's a lot of the things that i've talked about it's Um, taking that time for yourself when you recognize that you need it and really growing to understand when that is uh, when you say okay I'm burned out I need a minute and and taking that for yourself because you're not going to do yourself any favors you're not going to do your kid any favors you're not going to do your spouse any favors or your friends or family or work or anybody else when you are burned out and you got a bad attitude so if you need that minute to if you need that night to recuperate and and do your thing Take it, talk to your spouse. And that's the other piece of it is take care of your spouse. Take care of the ones that take care of you because you're gonna need them. And if you let them get burned out, you're gonna, they're not gonna be there for you when you need that minute. So you really have to devote a lot of time to making sure that, uh, you know, you take care of your relationships.
0: Yeah, my brother Darl said that in our wedding, in our wedding vows and i've never forgotten it and it it rang so much more clear after we did have kids where in my interpretation of it he told us to take care of our marriage before we took care of our kids and i think that's important especially since i've heard i've read that parents of kids with disabilities have a five percent chance of staying married which is nuts which is nuts
1: you're not getting rid of me sweetie
0: Ugh, i know i know <laughs> who would rub my feet <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Casey. And I hope to talk to you again um, on several other subjects, especially if any dads want to contact me. And, you know, even if you want to share your own story about Mm -hmm. being a dad, or if you have any questions for Casey, we can set up another time to go over some of those things with you because I think the male perspective on raising kids like this is so important. And I feel like maybe they don't get as much attention as we do, or they don't talk about it as much as we do. And definitely want to kind of shine a light on that side of parenting these kids. Anyways, I love you so much. Thank you for being the best dad and the best husband. And I'm so grateful for you. And I think that's everything. Do you have anything else to add?
1: Just that I love you more than all the stars, darling.
0: (laughs) I love you too, babe. I don't know what kind of day you're having, but if you need a little pick-me-up, Ford's got you.